Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. This Sunday we will be having Hans Georg Hopprich with us again, who will continue to take us through the book of Acts. Looking into chapter 4, there will be four important lessons we can learn from the people mentioned in this passage, as they were persecuted but not forsaken, threatened but not weakened, attacked but not separated, and instructed but not involved. Listen now to find out what we need in order to be tough without and tender within. It's a hot morning here as we drove in from Eisenstadt. I think we saw about uh, 31 degrees. It's a really hot day, but we will survive. You know, we have lots of fans here and uh, those that are out in some world, I guess uh, they may have even some uh, air condition, uh, but we will survive. Um, and it's uh, great to be blessed by what the Lord wants to show us, and uh, he wants to speak to every one of us. And um, so this morning we uh, look again at a, a pretty important uh, passage of um, Acts, um, and uh, as we will see, um, those people, those disciples in in acts they were just like we um, and uh, so I need to confess uh, one thing before we start uh, there are a couple of things that are not very good in my life and you may object against them there is one thing I really like I like boxing uh, this is not a very good sport because whenever people start boxing, you know, certainly in the first or second round, you see a lot of blood. Um, and so it's not very good. And I hope you can forgive me uh, that I like this kind of sport. It's not that I like blood, uh, but it's kind of the action I really like. And there is a second one I've never confessed, but I need to confess it now. In my childhood, and even uh, up to this very day, I like to watch Western movies, uh, typically with one specific guy who's long gone. Um, his name is uh, Clint Eastwood. Do you like him as well? He was a, always a kind of a, a special character in all these Western-style movies. What was the content of these movies? It usually starts with, Woohoo! Wagons! Ho! And uh, on they went, these uh, wagons, and uh, a group of pioneers, uh, families, uh, hit west, east, West to claim a piece of land for what is still America to be, uh, a piece of land of their own, and 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 to to survive that uh, journey, they bring everything they own, including a couple of well, that's what they need. You know, this is what the movie made was all about. You know, they had some. Uh, rifles with them, 
um, extra rifles and um, and of course a uh, a strong constitution tough enough to handle that rugged trial the early christians as we will see as seen in the books of acts had the same kind of toughness imprisonment persecution and even martyrdom dotted the the landscape before them yet in spite of the dangers they just pressed on can you see where we are where you are well we don't have imprisonment we don't have persecutions we don't have martyrdom and uh, you know my heart is kind of broken as i'm reminded this morning that uh, the war in uh, afghanistan is on and they are just um, in kabul and fighting as you know in 2009 i was in kabul i saw most of these areas that are on fight at at present so my heart is kind of torn apart a beautiful area and especially in that part i traveled in and i guess afghanistan is such a beautiful country and we realize that those are, that are christians are well hidden away most of them they have left the country some of them they have come into our country to become christians because they fear martyrdom it's a, a kind of very realistic you cannot go public with your christian uh, believe uh, imprisonment pers- persecution and martyrdom but um it's not well and i praise the lord that we are living in a free country but in some of the countries that are present here they um might uh, face martyrdom in, in the north of nigeria face martyrdom in some areas of the philippines where um the minority religion is uh, a present well a christian comes and he may not even survive and uh, yet in spite of these dangers we all wherever we are it doesn't make any difference yes the pressures are different but we all need to press on this is why you the the leadership of this church decided to talk again a fresh about acts you know how did they do it how were they resilient unbending determined these christians pioneers were just as tough on the outside they were also tender on the inside moved by the needs of those around them they they sensed god's quiet call and carried his love to all who would listen to them tough without tender within we on the other hand we often the opposite fresh <laughs> without and well at least we germans you know we are stubborn you know big kids 
kind of strong heads and uh, that's how you know people would uh, would look at us stubborn <laughs> none of you are stubborn i know none of you but i need to confess again i'm pretty stubborn sorry god points us to a mountain to climb this morning a river to ford a, a bone jarring trail to travel but we refuse to budge from our easy chairs we can catch the spirit of those early believers through the the principles that are found um, in the book of acts and i hope that you will pour a little courage afresh even in the heat of the, today little courage into our little places wherever we live strap some faith into our bags and prepare us to hit the trail of faith woohoo wagons on wagons ho let's go on so the first point we can ponder on they were persecuted but not forsaken now what produced the pioneer qualities in the first christians we do not have to read far to see that suffering persecution was a key factor even we hate persecution we don't like it but that was the key to open a desire to be there for the lord opposition taught those clearly early disciples to stand strong in their beliefs while staying dependent on god and also on each other that is the style of christians we can see in acts and their initial taste of persecution came when peter and john were imprisoned um, and they were interrogated by the sanhedrin after peter had healed the lame man confronted by the top religious leaders on their day the two apostles could have meekly backed down but instead they stood calm and confident boldly repeating their message that jesus was the only name jesus was the only name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved acts 4:12 that pretty important verse in acts that is toughness isn't it to proclaim still to have the courage to proclaim even in spite of persecution even in spite of martyrdom that is toughness isn't it yes 
they had been tender-hearted enough to notice and heal the lame man, a beggar who had been cast out of society. Even the council noticed their tender heart. You know, it was kind of people really could see it, you know. It wasn't hidden away. They really could see it with their bare eyes. They are Christ-like hearts. As Dr. Luke, the writer of Acts, tells us in uh, chapter 4.13, they began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. You know, they were kind of, in, in the people's eyes, they were kind of stupid, you know, unschooled. Um, not have, they have not been on the university level, you know, kind of low caste, uh, kind of people. But one thing, and God may give that, may grant it to each one of us to be with Jesus, that people can see that. Um, the Sanhedrin wanted them to preach to not to preach about Christ anymore, but this threat did not shake the apostles, um, not their determination to spread the gospel. Jesus' love and power burned in their hearts and fired their resolve to talk about him even so, even if it meant persecution. But they were not alone in, in their determination. Not only did they have the Holy Spirit, yes, the Holy Spirit was with them. They were able to draw strength from the body of Christ, which is so precious. They were not lonely fighters. As some of um, our uh, people today, you know, kind of lonely, you know, they do whatever they like and they get on. No, they had a backup. The church really supported them. They didn't do what they would like to do. No, they were persecuted, but not Forsaken, And secondly, they were threatened, but not weakened. We might think that mature, confident believers like Peter and John did not need to depend on anyone else. But the truth is they needed the support system. They needed it desperately. They too needed it. And in verse 23, we, we get the following, um, and that's the first part of it, but we, we get the, the following report. And when they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priest and the elders go back. They report back. 
they want others to be involved in what God is doing. So that is very, very, <coughs> very important indeed. Peter and John were probably still bruised. They felt the pain. They were beaten up. And yet, you know, their heartfelt desire to go back to the church Physically, they felt it still from the imprisonment, the bruise, and emotionally from the verbal attacks of the religious leaders of that time. They needed to be surrounded by people who cared for them, who would listen to them. They needed the Christian family to seek out and share our lives with other Brothers and sisters in the Lord is no sign of weakness. In fact, sharing our hearts with others builds up our fortitude. This is our strength. This is not weakness. No. Christian pioneers know the value of companionship on the trail. Our weekly meetings, Bible studies, prayer meetings, that is the kind of companionship you and I, if we follow Christ, that's exactly what we need. We cannot do without it. And the first thing that happens if there is a breakdown in a church, you know what they do? Don't meet on a weekly basis in prayer. Stop it. And your church will have a, a major breakdown, I tell you. You can have the best pastor in the world. You can have the best leaders in the world if they refuse to pray. That's the end of your church service. That's the uh, People are not fired on to follow Christ without it. And they're... Indeed, they had a time of prayer. And that's uh, the second point. Um, with ears tuned to every word of the apostles' experience, the people went, the people then read in, we read in verse uh, 24, uh, lifted up their voices, you know, they, they were also broken how they could see their leaders bruised, you know, heavy in pain. And how can you be without feelings looking at them? They had probably tears in their eyes looking at their leaders. They lifted up. They were God with one accord. And there are at least um, four characteristics in that prayer. You know, they didn't start, hey, we need to have a prayer meeting. Hello, let's get on on WhatsApp group and tell all the people at church we need to have a prayer meeting. No, no. About their prayer, it illustrates the people tender hearts towards the Lord and their tough resolve to accomplish his will. First, the prayer 
uh, didn't become start with a WhatsApp group. No, it did not start. It started spontaneously. The people broke out in prayer without anyone having to say, let's us pray. You know, that's what we do. Let us pray. No, start it. We just met an old, um, it wasn't a priest, you know, just a Christian brother who uh, lives in, in Israel. And uh, we were sitting in our living room the other week. And when he heard some news uh, about our ministry, he just put his hands up with 85, you know, just started and said, praise the Lord, praise the Lord with 85. I was astonished, took my breath away to see him, to praise the Lord. He didn't ask, you know, polite as he was, well-educated in his uh, previous job. He was a banker, so he knew what he's doing, and yet he could not stop praising the Lord, you know. Nobody asked him to, to start a have a prayer meeting. The people broke out in prayer. And it was impulsive and informal, like applause, you know, uh, in our well-oiled, machine-like churches, we often confine our spirituality to little boxes of time, worship time, sermon time, prayer time. Everything needs to have a box. But here they were very modern because our modern thinking is getting out of the box. We need to get out of the restrictions that we have even in our cultural thinking of Christianity. Get out of the box. And that's exactly what these first Christians did. And in each box, um, we follow our own rules. Um, and mind you, one guy does not follow the rules. He look at, look at him, look at him. He gets out of the box. He does not confine to the rules. Look at him, strange guy. Not in that time. There they prayed and worshipped when the Spirit moved, no matter where, no matter when. Their prayer began spontaneously. I would like to start a prayer meeting right now, you know. If I mean, but, but let's stay in the box, otherwise my sermon will go after, behind, uh, you know, af till after half twelve. And then you may start to sleep and um, tell me off, you know, and don't invite me next time. Prayer meeting, you know, spontaneously. And then the second point of their prayer, uh, in their prayer, we can learn so many great things. They, in their prayer, they claimed God's sovereignty. They called out to their Lord, acknowledging 20, verse 24, that he made everything. We can read that here, uh, chapter 4, 24. Um, and we read, O Lord, creator of heaven and earth, and the sea and everything in them. You spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor, King David. 
your servants, saying, Why do the heathen rage against the Lord, and the foolish nations plan their little plots against Almighty God? The kings of heaven unite to fight against him and against the anointed Lord. That was the kind of prayer they prayed. They claimed the sovereignty of God. He controls everything. Let's learn it. Learn it. That is the style of prayer we need to pray. Lord, you are in control of everything. You know, it pours out their heart. You are. And they stand for God Almighty. And then in verse 28, he has a purpose for everything. Notice these three elements in their prayer as we have read. By recognizing that God had created the world and everyone in it, including, including the antagonists. They were turning all their concerns over to him. Whether their enemies were the Gentiles or the kings of the earth, Herod, Pontius Pilate, the Sanhedrin, God was in control. And everything would be accomplished according to his purpose. Lord, we don't know what your plan is. They were saying, but we know that we are living under your sovereign hand. You are controlling everything under your hand. Everything. Everything is in your hand. There's nothing outside your hand. And you have predestined a direction in life for us that will build us in the things we need. Carry out your plans and purpose. You don't even have to explain it to us. And we ask oftentimes, you know, when we don't understand why God made you happen this. That's not what the first Christians did. They just left it in the hands of God. What a kind of faith they had. Wow. They were f not finished, though. Thirdly, we see their prayer included also a request. Two requests. Lord, they ask in verse 29, consider their threats. Look at it. We believe that your eyes are open. You're not a blind God. Enable your servants in spite of it. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Wow, what a kind of prayer. I like it so much. They did not plead, Lord, what about? We want to get rid of it. That's not what they prayed for. No. Lord, get us out from here. No, they did not pray that. 
They simply requested courage so they could speak his word. And fourthly and finally, their prayer emphasized positive faith. Positive faith. They did not have a bold request for the Lord, only a kind of, um, I'd like to call it anticipation. In verse 30, we read, stretch out your hand and heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Wow. Did God respond to that kind of prayer? God is not a machine. The answer of prayer at once. That's something we would like here. There was surely an answer. Sure enough, an answer. Because of their sensitivity towards the Lord, their rugged determination to follow His will, their prayer was answered in a mighty way. In verse 31, we read after this prayer, the building where they were meeting shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and what did they do? They boldly preached the good news. People could understand. You know what the Holy Spirit does? That's exactly what he does till today. He's not different. You know, when the gospel is preached, you know that this is the Holy Spirit's desire that this gospel is preached, set out to bring men, kind men and women into the fellowship with the living God. Well, you would not believe it, but even more persecution awaited these young believers. But God reassured them, surrounding them with the evidences of the Holy Spirit's power and guidance. It was as if he was saying, keep on, keep on going, leave the dangers and the details to me. Don't worry about what they do. Worry about me. Jesus' love and power burned in their hearts and fired their resolve to talk about him more, even if it meant persecution. That's a contradiction in terms. We are intimidated. You know, if something happens, we shut our mouth. We are in a state of shock, not the first Christians. It empowered them, you know, it was kind of, they went mad to speak about the Lord Jesus. But they were not alone in their determination. Not only did they have the Holy Spirit, they were able to draw strength from the body of Christ 
for as we see in verse 4, the number of men who believe came to be about 5,000. So we get on. They were persecuted but not forsaken. They were threatened but not weakened. You can see that. We might think that mature, confident believers like Peter and John did not need to depend on anyone, but the truth is they really needed that kind of help. Um, and here we see um, there was a report back, um, and they began to pray and they prayed spontaneously, and they gave glory to the Lord. What sort of faith that was. They were persecuted, but not forsaken. They were threatened, but not weakened. And thirdly, they were attacked, but not separated. Well, the early church had climbed the first mountain of opposition. The believers taught tough resolve that grown more rugged and their tender hearts more sensitive. And through this ordeal, the church grew together in unity that made them fight together. Now, what were, was their claim? Persecution had, has a tendency to bring people together. And let me tell you again, wherever there is persecution today, it brings Christians together. They get stronger. They, get, they do not get weaker. They get stronger. Um, in verse 32 and we read all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions as their own, but they shared everything they had with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the, to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. Nobody was excluded. But would they actually care for, for another according to the abundant power and grace that had been given to them? Look at their compassion. You see, there was a, a follow-up to they didn't stop with the, with a prayer, with the amen. No, there was their compassion. And in verse 34 and 35, show, show 4 and 5, they sh uh, show that they did share their goods with, with each other, not by force, but in love, as Christ taught. They were not, there were no needy persons among them. For, for from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, 
and it was distributed to anyone who was in need. So they were persecuted. They were threatened. Persecuted but not forsaken. They were threatened but not weakened. They were attacked but not separated. And lastly, they uh, were instructed but not involved. What does it mean? As we reflect on how these pioneer Christians respond to their difficult journey for other principles merge, emerge that teach us how to become more pioneer-like. Tough without tender in. First day, we need initiative. It's not just sitting in a pew, no. Deep inside in our lives, we must be yearning to follow Christ. It starts with our desire based on the fact that there is no safer, no more thrilling place than at his side walking through life with him. Before we moved out to Papua New Guinea, I had a good chat with my uncle and he said, I won't see you anymore because... When you go to Papua New Guinea, crocodiles and Stone Age people will gobble you up, knock you out, kill you anyway. So I want to say goodbye to you. Well, we're still there. The Lord controlled it. The Lord, yes, they wanted to kill me on three occasions. Lots of threats were there. Sicknesses and all sorts of threats were there. Yes, they were there. It's not, I I don't want to, uh, you know, put them out, you know. They were there. But the Lord, in his sovereignty, kept his hands upon us. We need initiative. Secondly, we need compassion. The early Christians saw a world that desperately needed to know about Christ. Do you see the same world with the same kind of eyes? Are you filled with compassion to help others find him? And thirdly, we need vulnerability. You know, it breaks my heart. Yes, sometimes we are strong, but oftentimes We don't show that strength outwardly. We are vulnerable. Vulnerable to weaknesses. And and we can show it. You know, in in, uh, when you do uh, an interview uh, at any firm or factory, any place where you go, there are two questions. Where are your strengths and where are your weaknesses? And you can speak openly about your vulnerability. Those points that are where, you're, where you don't have a strength in. They, we need that kind of vulnerability. Being tender in spirit means opening up to a family of believers just like the apostles did. 
when they were released from prison. It means taking a risk, being willing to reach out to others in love. And indeed, we do need desperately that kind of compassionate love. C.S. Lewis, this famous writer, uh, in his book, famous book, The Four Loves, he writes, love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Log it up safe in the gasket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that gasket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, penetrable, and irredeemable. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable. The only place outside of heaven where you can be perfectly safe from the perturbations of love is hell. That's hell. Let the early Christians inspire us afresh. This is why Christoph Windler suggested that we should look again as a church into Acts. Let them inspire you to a more genuine faith, a faith that is tough enough to handle the ruggedness of following Christ and tender enough to risk loving others. What are the lessons to be learned? You know, uh, this is my favor, uh, my favorite thing in the end of every sermon. How can we put it into practice? And the question really is, you know, do you put it into practice? If you don't put it into practice, all the sermons we hear here will be in vain because they go in here and go out there and will hit the wall and go anywhere else. But they need to touch afresh our hearts to fire on our determination. So what can, what can we learn? Peter learned a lot about persecution from his experience in these early days of the church. In 1 Peter 4, 12, we late, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. Even Jesus said, in John 15, 20, and if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. My dear 
fellow brothers and sisters. Do not be surprised when believers throw stones, say hateful words, or spread nasty rumors because of you being a Christian. In fact, be more surprised if they don't. Have you felt the weight of power of sarcastic comment, a cold shoulder, a passed over promotion, or some other persecution because of your beliefs? These are the kind of persecution that can well happen in Vienna, here in our place where we live. As a result of this mistreatment, have you felt of retaliation? It is through these verses and the prayer of the first Christian in Acts 4 that you get guidance of how to avoid feelings of revenge. Lord, Consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. The early believers prayed for courage to talk about Christ. In spite of persecution, they expressed their faith in God, who is sovereign over the universe as well as in their lives. Maybe you would like to write down your own prayer afterwards, your prayer of faith, following um, a good pattern, claiming God's sovereignty by recognizing that he is Lord over the universe. He is in control of your personal situation, and he has predestined purpose for you asking the Lord to take note of your persecution and to give you courage, not to block you, but to give you even more courage to speak out in the name of Jesus, expressing positive faith by anticipation. His marvelous things God is going to do through your witness. As Christians, we should be adventurous at heart, just as these people in the West, in the Western that I look, they were so adventurous. God has given us the world to step into uh, this world as messengers of hope. So let us too. Be messengers of hope. Let us too proclaim that news. And we just need to open our eyes to the possibilities that await us. There are quite a few things we can do to get engaged again. If we are not engaged in this, there are... Um, possible ways to get afresh engaged. And I would love to see that happening, not only here, but also in the churches 
around here in uh, Vienna, but also in, in Austria. But wherever this is preached, let us do it. Well, there is, uh, was one thing that inspired me most um, in our home church in Germany, in Stuttgart, in the south of, of Germany. They hosted missionaries and let, um, you know, let us experience foreign cultures. It was so exciting. Wow, they taught us incredible lessons. Oh, when have you last written a missionary a sentence? I'm praying for you. Thanks for your courage. God bless you. That's, not, that's all. Don't write a long mail. Write to a missionary. House or exchange a foreign student. Keep a stack of of um, prayer cards at the dinner table and pray for one missionary at a time in your family meal. Uh, that's what we did with our kids. I still remember that, uh, you know, when they went, before they went to sleep, in, we had a kind of a book, little booklet about uh, different types of cultures in the world and where missions uh, and the and uh, the gospel is preached, and uh, they were at the end of that, you know, lots of pictures, of course. Uh, at the end of uh, that, they had prayer items, and well, with four kids then, you know, Benjamin started, and Manuel finished it, and they picked up some of these prayer items. Can you imagine how they got excited about it? And for those who want to... Um, be even more adventurous. Well, learn a, another language. Volunteer for a homeless shelter. Um, heading up an ethnic um, children's group um, or help in a inner city ministry. Um, well, you have people here in this congregation that know a lot about it. You ask the Fuggers, you know, they know quite a few people here in this uh, city with different inner city ministries. And for the greatest adventure in finishing, uh, uh, the, I, I want to say the greatest adventure of all, go on a cross cultural short-term mission uh, trip project. That's something we did for nearly 20 years here in Austria, and I think we sent out about 120 or so, and some of them are still out short and long-term, of course, extend an overseas business trip to visit and encourage national Christians. When you are on a holiday, visit one day, as we did just now, went to France, to Strasbourg, to visit um, a Christian sisterhood, and we were the encouraged ones, and we hope they, them as well, that's what they wrote, we were encouraged by your visit. Woohoo! Wagons, ho! Let me tell you. My brothers and sisters, the world is waiting for you. The world awaits you. Woohoo!
Wagons, ho! Let's get on with that purpose. God-driven purpose to get the gospel out. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for that great example of those first Christians that took initiative, that were not just sitting in Jerusalem, but they took initiative to pour out their loving heart to those around them. Thank you for the compassion they showed to us so that we also are moved by compassion in heart. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for their vulnerability, that they were not lonely fighters, no. They put themselves in the hands of the believers and first of all into your hands. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are with us on that journey so that love and truth may be proclaimed in this needy world that our wagons on, of life may go out into that world that awaits the gospel to be preached for every nation, every people, every language, every need, you have an answer. Thank you that you enable us to take initiative, to be compassionate, to be vulnerable, and to do it wrapped in love. We praise you and we worship you, God of love, creator of everything. We give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.